Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Good morning and welcome to another exciting session of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I've got my good bud with me, Steve Langford. Good morning, Steve. How you doing? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing well. I look forward to our opportunities to get together, and I miss it when we don't, but I'm glad we're here today. That makes two of us. <laughs> because, you know, when we communicate, it stimulates, you stimulate me in thinking and allow me to go places I wouldn't normally go because you come up with such great questions. And when I reviewed last week's session, you know, we talked a lot about uh, cholesterol and, and circulation. The one area we didn't broach, Steve, was hardening the arteries. You know, you never hear anything about that anymore. And I find that really strange and interesting. Well, sometimes I wonder, Michael, if if what we hear about isn't the drug du jour the, or the treatment of the day. And it, it, when I watch the commercials these days, I'm actually quite surprised at how many new drugs are on the market for all kinds of things. And it seems so often that you know, they just keep inventing new drugs, maybe even where some of the old drugs might have been sufficient and maybe not as challenging. But, you know, we don't hear about them in the same way that we used to. I agree with you. It's the, the message is a little different. And so often it seems to me that the message is really about getting on the new drugs and not really about how to be healthier. That's my dilemma with these drugs that they push on us. Well, it's not about getting you healthy. It's about keeping you dependent on the pharmaceutical drug as well as the physician who prescribes it. Because every single drug has a side effect that sometimes leads you to yet another drug in order to deal with the side effect. It really is, and, and you're right about the amount of new drugs in the marketplace. And what I find interesting and thought provoking at the same time was you keep switching channels. I mean, I'm a channel switcher, right? I'm watching ancient aliens and I'm watching NCIS and I'll go back and forth to see, you know, I, I don't want to watch the commercials, but it's astounding how many drug commercials are on every channel, no matter where you go, there are drug commercials. And it's just sad state of affairs. Well, they seem to own a lot of the commercial TV. And regardless of what people think about drugs, and you and I have our own opinions, but I've always felt that if you are on a medication, if your doctor's got you on something for whatever your problem is, that generally those things aren't going to make you healthier. It is all the things that we've been talking about through all of these different shows that are the things that make people healthy. And so whether you have that problem or you don't, the commonality is that both 
groups of people need to be well nourished, maybe especially those that are on medications, because the medications don't make you healthier, they don't nope. supply the essential nutrients. Nope. And so your body can't do what it's normally able to do. And therefore, these drugs are going to be less effective uh, than they might be otherwise. And so everybody needs to be well nourished. And that's never given any consideration. No, it's not. And you know, one of the things that I say, Steve, is don't treat your condition. Nourish your body as an example. Hey. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, really, because when you go through the Merck manual and you look at the cause of all of these diseases, 95 or 98% of them have no known cause. And when I read that, and then, you know, I go to the universal teaching, you are what you eat and you are what you think because the mind controls the brain, the brain controls the body. So what we are is an outward manifestation of our thoughts. Having well, when you, when you talk about, you know, looking at our situation and trying to understand how to appropriate these different modalities of natural health, this is to me this is like the critical understanding that people seem to be missing because oftentimes they will come and i'm sure you've encountered this many times they come wanting you to treat their disease yep. naturally yeah i have diabetes i have high blood pressure i have high cholesterol as if those are diseases and they want a pill to make it better they want a natural drug to do what they think the drugs ought to do, but they think that natural might be better, but they're not willing to embrace the very factors, the lifestyle, the diet, and all of the other things that lead to health. And so many times they're not going to get the results from the medication. And if they don't follow these paths of health, I wonder, how are they ever going to actually get healthy? They're going to manage symptoms, but what has that done to actually improve their outcomes? When you look at it, not much. Yeah, you know, and actually it's really, when I think about like arthritis drugs, you know, you can go out there and you can continue to do while at the same time, because it's blocking the pain, you're still wearing down the joints that are effective. And so it sets you up to become uh, for surgery to get all of those joints replaced. Once you agree to the blade, they know they got someone they can put under the blade. Isn't that fascinating? Funny, last night, Phyllis and I were talking about something and the bottom line was you can't go back. You can never repeat anything you've done before because everything has changed. Even though nothing has changed, everything has changed. You're older, you're abilities in your body are older they're different they're more worn so it's really fascinating how we want to go back but we can't anyway well you know how about we talk about this hardening of the arteries you know so michael it's just kind of comical sometimes we we get started on a topic but who knows where <laughs> we're going to go and you know, we just enjoy these conversations that sometimes we get off on these tangents. And so I know that you have an interest in getting to this topic today. So I'm going to bring you back on task. How about that? That sounds like a plan. Let's hope our listeners have stayed this long. So one of the things, like I said, I don't hear about it anymore 
in the news. But if you're dealing with cold hands, cold feet, ringing in the ear, hair loss beyond the normal five or 10, 20 strands you'd lose when you shower, that tells me you've got poor circulation. And we talked about poor circulation and cleaning it up with choline and acetylmethionine, lecithin, unsaturated fatty acids. But what never gets mentioned is the fact that almost everybody has hardening of the arteries to some degree. And I don't know, you know, people hear the term, but I don't know that they understand how that process takes place. So I thought- I would bet they don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either because the doctors don't take time to explain things to you. So here's the story and jump in anytime you want. And if you know, you know, other aspects that I don't feel free. So if you've ever listened to Matthias Rath, and I'll start there, he's a physician who believes that if you're low in vitamin C and or lysine, you will end up with little cracks in your arterial system so that there's no massive internal bleeding. Cholesterol comes along as a band-aid. And so the cholesterol will now seal up that slice, that crack, that tear, whatever the case may be. Well, your bloodstream is loaded with minerals, calcium, magnesium, zinc, but predominantly the calcium and magnesium are there to lower the acidity of the blood. So it stays in the fine alkaline range where that's where health is, okay? So what happens is that as those calcium ions are floating by, they get caught up in that goopy cholesterol band-aid. So I look at the cholesterol band-aid as kind of like cement and the calcium ions and maybe the magnesium ions or whatever other ion metallic ions are in the bloodstream are like bricks. So what happens, you end up building a brick wall around your arteries. And so they're no longer pliable and they are now hard and beginning to restrict the blood flow. So that's how hardening of the arteries takes place. Was there something you wanted to add? Or Well, I, you know, as you're talking, of course, you know, I always come up with new questions for you. One of the things that I have heard about a fair amount over the last five, 10 years, maybe, is that this vitamin K2, which is often recommended for bone building health, also helps keep calcium out of the artery walls. And so are you familiar with that? Is that something that you feel is a, a good adjunct in a case like this, that if we are taking adequate K2, amongst the other things you'll recommend, that this would be an important nutrient as well in this specific kind of case? Well, interesting you would say that because we do a D3 K2, you know, the, and not only from the calcium absorption assimilation point of view, but also from an immune point of view, which the vitamin D is more involved in. So yes, but I look at things from a more comprehensive combination of nutrients, because that's just my orientation. So when I think of hardening of the arteries, the first thing I think of is we have to dissolve the cement that holds the bricks in place. So there you look at choline, inositol, methionine, your lipotropics. Choline and inositol also make lecithin. So lecithin is there to help emulsify the flat, unsaturated fatty acids. 
also will help break down the cholesterol. Now, as the cholesterol, as that cement is dissolving, we're now freeing up those ions. So we want vitamin D, we want maybe boron to help assimilate the calcium as well. And also we want to throw in there some gravel root, which also helps the body utilize calcium. There's also apple, I believe in apple pectin. In fact, I use it in a formula because apple pectin has electromagnetic properties. So not only does it regulate cholesterol, regulate the bowels, regulate blood pressure, but as with the electromagnetic properties, it'll help draw lead and arsenic out of the arterial walls, out of the bloodstream, so that they can either be incorporated into fecal matter and or made water dispersible so they can be urinated out. So those are well, you, all the nutrients that I would use. And not and niacin. How could I forget niacin? You mentioned cholesterol as a, I don't know if you used the term patching material for these yeah. cracks in the artery walls. Is cholesterol the enemy that we've been led to believe that it is? And conversely, is the use of, say, these statin drugs, which are so ubiquitous at forcing the body to make less cholesterol, are they perhaps even inhibiting the ability of the cholesterol to function if its levels are so low? I don't know if that's the case, but what's your opinion uh, on cholesterol as a whole and its role in this beyond being this patch and beyond, you know, accumulating there, is it, is that the bad thing or is it these other factors that are actually the more serious parts of this equation? Does that question make any sense? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of parts to it. And so the short answer is yes and no. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we need cholesterol. It builds our cells. It's also the material that the liver uses to stick toxins in so they don't damage our cells. So it is absolutely essential. And as I say, it functions as a band-aid for the arterial system. It's building material. So we need it. The problem is, and this is where the no comes in, is that by consuming too much sugar, too much carbohydrates, too much fried foods, saturated fats, trans fats. These are the things that are unhealthy. These are the things that clog up the liver, that clog up the arterial system. When it comes to breaking down the cholesterol, there, there was another part to that that you had you said something. It's both good well, and bad. And I guess where I was going to was a universal teaching of excess leads to rejection. So that's you know part of the short answer in the sense that we need the cholesterol. It's absolutely essential. Now, what I don't know and not positive about is whether or not the statin drugs, including red yeast rice, block the production of good cholesterol or just the bad cholesterol. But then again, if it's doing that, then the liver has to use good cholesterol to store the toxins. So it almost defeats the problem. And by putting the toxins in the good cholesterol as building material, we end up corrupting that. 
So because of that corruption, we're seeing an increase in brain cancer in children, breast cancer in women, breast cancer in men, testicular cancer in young guys, all because they're built out of that corrupted, toxic cholesterol. Does that help answer? Well, well I've heard a couple of things. One, and, and correct me, because I hear a lot of things, and I don't always know if that's the truth or not, but right. I've heard that it's the oxidation of cholesterol that contributes to it being you know, particularly bad, and that this idea of good and bad cholesterol is that the bad cholesterol, known also as the LDL, if it's really bad or it's the imbalance, too much of the LDL relative to the HDL, um, but it's this common vernacular as good or bad, and that we then try to restrict cholesterol in the diet, and that that um, becomes the problem. And then we have to use the drugs to do that artificially, which I know is affecting the liver and its function. So I'm just wondering, do we just have this skewed view of cholesterol and therefore it skews our, our approach to it? And therefore, if we don't approach it properly, we don't ever get to the right solution and the benefits that that provides. I would say that we have a skewed perspective on everything. <laughs> oh, that was too easy, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I take an easy way out. You did see that. Well, right? yes, I did. And and it's true. So um, I this is, I think, what, one of the things that we're trying to get across in our podcast is that all of this treatment of disease is skewed when it doesn't look at the cause and the natural ways that the body heals. Absolutely. And the diet is everything. And I want to go back to the oxidative stress because that is something that science constantly hammers on, that the oxidation of this, that, and the other creates the health issues to some degree. And oxygen, from a different point of view, represents Faith in self represents spirit. How do I get there? Where does God live? God lives in heaven. Also, Jesus teaches that the kingdom is within. It's a whole other story because no one believes that. They don't listen. What oxygen is essential. Without oxygen, we're dead. So we need the oxygen to create these reactions. I guess on some levels, where the, where the damage comes in, okay, is that, and I forget how many electrons are in the outer orbit of an oxygen molecule. It may be two or four or even eight. I don't remember what it is. Nonetheless, what happens and what creates the problem with free radicals, because that's part of the oxidative stress, fun not functionality, integration, is that when Singlet oxygen, I call it singlet oxygen, manifests in the body because of a drug or because of a toxin, because of something we ate. Then what happens is that everything in nature seeks to bring balance and harmony except us. And in keeping with us being imbalanced, when we create an imbalance within the self and from an oxygen level, that oxygen atom will seek to steal an electron anywhere it can in order to come back to balance and harmony. The catch-22 is that in that process of th thievery, <laughs> 
in that stealing, it now has disrupted another atom, and that will create a cascading effect. And that is where sometimes they'll say that a free radical is the cause of a particular condition. And it's true because it's stealing electrons to bring itself into balance, and it's just an ongoing process. And obviously, cells break down and we have a condition or a disease. Would it be fair to say that a disease is a manifestation of symptoms brought about by imbalance in the body or the inability of the body to repair or sustain, maintain tissue because it doesn't have the essential compounds that it needs to fix it, that if we don't take these nutrients that we've been talking about, the body doesn't have them. And if it doesn't have them, it can't do the job that we want it to do. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. On that note, next week, I want to go back to the cause of diseases altogether. Okay. Because you stimulated that thought we're out of time because, you know, try to keep it 20, 25 minutes. Uh, but we will get into that first thing next week. I think we gave everybody what they need about hardening of the arteries, and that should help them. And next week, we'll talk about the root cause of all diseases. So on that note, Steve, have yourself a fabulous week, and uh, we'll talk. <laughs> I will do that from your mouth to God's ears, Michael. Let's have a good week. Thank you so much, folks, for listening, and join us next week for another interesting Michael's Naturopathy Today. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels.